You know, the number one thing that women say they want in a man is no, not looks, and it's not money. Obviously, those things are great. But the number one thing women say they want in a man is a sense of humor. And guess what? I can help you with that because I teach men how to banter. Yeah, you can actually learn how to banter. So if you're having trouble getting dates or you're always left on red, women don't answer you online, you might have a problem with your banter. But good news for you, learning how to banter, especially with me, is actually really fun. And no one else really teaches you how to banter. So if you actually want women to start responding to you, and not only just responding, but engaging and enjoying and laughing with you, then I think you need to hit me up. That's kristenandchill.com. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. If you like what you're listening to and you want dating tips and strategies directly from me, then you can get in touch with me by shooting me a text to the number 310-299-9139. Up until now, only the best clients of mine had personal access to me. But now, because so many guys ask for my personal help regularly, I'm building a private texting community where I answer your questions, give you killer tips, and just make your dating life smoother and easier than ever before. Even if you're not just dating and you're married, I can help you with that too. So just shoot me a text at 310-299-9139. I really look forward to hearing from you. All right, text you soon. Coming up on this special episode of the Ask Women podcast, it's special because they're old. (laughs) They are old and I have Kristen on this intro with me because we want to give an extended intro to let you know that we are taking some time off to think about you during the holidays. And in thinking about you, I mean, we're not thinking about you at all, (laughs) just recharging and refreshing ourselves. But collectively, Kristen and I went over the episodes that we recorded this year, and we have picked out our favorite episodes that we think really delivers amazing, actionable information that you can use to become better with women. And I'm not going to go over what each episode is because you'll hear what each episode is once the episode starts, which it will start in a couple of seconds. But we wanted to say happy holidays. We hope that you are spending time recharging and wiping or getting ready to wipe 2020 off of yourself. So that you can be ready for an even worse 2021. I know, exactly. Hopefully not though. But I will say about re-airing these episodes, this is me excusing us a little bit for posting old episodes, but also making a good point. When you <laughs> listen to something one time, yeah, that's great. Some stuff you don't hear. So by playing an episode twice, you're actually going to pick up on nuances and things that you didn't the first time around. So I think it's actually a really good idea that we're forcing you to do a dual take of our episodes. Well, then I'm going to piggyback on that because I have just learned that if you hear something three times, Mm. it solidifies it in your mind. So maybe we'll air an episode twice. Well, we can take (laughs) January off too and just exactly three episodes. 
Perfect. <laughs> I love this plan. Anyway, you don't want to hear us yammer on because you're going to hear this intro several times over the next few weeks. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the holiday season. And we're all going to come back fresh in 2021 with a new outlook and hopefully better <laughs> outcomes for that year. All right. Enjoy the episode. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have the amazing Brad P. And he's going to tell us everything about seduction, like step-by-step instructions on how to seduce a woman from the date all the way to the bedroom. He is going to share with you some of his tools that he uses to recognize whether a woman is giving him the green light or a red light. And he's also going to give you another tool that helps women calm down so that open to being seduced. Anyway, it's a jam-packed show. I'm so excited for you to listen. So keep listening. Hey, welcome back to the Ask Women podcast. You guys made it. We're so happy you're here. I am Kristen Carney, one of Well, we don't know if they're here. They could not have survived all of this craziness. (laughs) Maybe some of them have not survived and I wouldn't blame them. Or maybe they just off themselves. All six of you are listening though. (laughs) I'm Kristen Carney, one of your hosts, of course, with Marnie Kinris. And we have a repeat guest on who we haven't had on in two years, Brad P. Hey, Brad. Nice to see you. Hi, guys. Nice to see you. Hi. So it's happy so nice. that you're here because we are going to talk today about seduction. This is something that like, if I think seduction, my brain automatically... I don't know if my husband would be so happy about this, but my brain goes to Brad P because I know that you are the <laughs> expert in this space. And I know that you are a research junkie who researches the crap out of everything. So if I'm talking about seduction, you have spent like hundreds and hundreds of hours figuring out exactly how to seduce women. And so I definitely want to talk yes, about I have. seduction. Well, I yeah. have been talking to a guy who has spent no hours learning <laughs> how to be seductive. And I want to start off the show by talking about it and talking about what a boner killer it is for women when guys aren't seducing women. Oh, so interesting. I've been, t- I've been talking to this guy for the past month. We met on Hinge and he is in the city right now. I am not. I'm about three and a half hours away from the city. And mm-hmm. he will not meet me outside of the city. He refuses to meet halfway or even meet an hour outside the city to meet me. He's put in zero effort and it's such a turnoff. So I thought I was going to be in the city on Friday. And I said, there's a chance I'm going to be in the city on Friday. He was like, awesome, cool. Can't wait. And then my plans changed. And I said, but I hear about an hour outside the city is a great place to meet for drinks. Just kind of finding a way to be playful about not me coming all the way into the city if I don't have to. And he just sent back a sad face. And I mean, that's probably an indicator about how he's feeling towards you. Not really, not necessarily. No, no. He's been pursuing me for the Mm. past month. I mean, he's reaching out to me. He's trying to talk to me. I'm not sending him first text messages. And he's mentioned several times that he really wants to meet me, but he doesn't want to put in the effort. So I have a theory. Okay, oh, please tell me. Yes, please. There are people who are kind of scared to drive too far. It's like a phobia. I said it's a train. It's you jump on the train from New York, you go to Poughkeepsie. It's an hour, hour and a half away. Boom, done. You step off the train, there's downtown Poughkeepsie. I have I a know, two and a half know, hour drive. I know, but there are people who have like a weird travel phobia. And the only reason I say this is because it doesn't really add up 
most guys would gladly drive an hour or two to have a chance to seduce a woman who they've been pursuing a while. So something doesn't add up. And I think there's something he's not telling you about. He has some kind of like fear of travel. I don't know, just a fear. Maybe, maybe. I mean, he's like successful. He works on Wall Street. So he's he's, tired. He doesn't want to go take a drive for an hour. Nah, tired won't keep a guy from chasing a girl. Yeah, then you're just not going to get any. Yeah, you have to tired. put in a little Here's my theory. My theory is that he might be too worried about... Well, actually, you're driving two hours in. So actually, I was, I was going to say that he might be afraid to seem too needy and pouncing on you in some way if he's willing to drive an hour and a half to go see you. I would be two and a half hours. He would be one and a half hours. So I'm putting in more of the effort. It's more God, of a deal Let's really me. like each other if you're putting in that much of an effort. To yeah, yeah, that's, well, real, that's really a very long off. distance. We've really hit it off. And so anyway, it's just not very seduction-like at all because now I've put that out there twice over the past month. And so now when he writes to me again, I'm just not responding. I'm not interested. My pussy has dried up. It's over. Whoa. Look at you. It has. It has. There's no other way to put it. It I am so turned off by his ungentleman-like qualities that why would I want to date someone if you're not going to put in an effort to go an hour outside the city to meet me? Why does that mean you'd have any effort within our relationship? And he said he's looking for a relationship. Is that part of seduction, making an effort with a yes. woman? Yes. It is. Okay. The floor is yours. I, you are the expert on this. So I want to hear your take on seduction and how to properly seduce a woman. Well, it is okay to put in effort. And I'll go one step further and say, sometimes you got to chase. And I know we always say, oh, don't be needy and don't chase too hard. But there comes a time after you know that the woman is interested, that it's okay to chase and it's okay to put in effort. The times when you want to be careful of chasing because it could seem needy is that stage when maybe she's not sure if she likes you yet. So the rules kind of change. When she's not sure if she likes you, don't be needy. Once you already know she likes you and she's interested, then it's okay to put in more effort and it's okay to chase. And you got to take the lead because that's something that women prefer. Women prefer that men take the lead when it comes to seduction and dating. And so sometimes you got to drive an hour. Yeah. And and right now, the circumstances... Given COVID, given the fact that New York's crime has gone 300% up in the past month, doesn't really make it the best mating ground at the moment. If I don't feel like coming into the city because I'm semi just wanting to avoid the possibility of either getting shot or getting a deadly virus, right? go the hour outside the city. Yeah, I would say go back to the well for this one because if you can't even get it together, then yeah. Well, so I want to understand. So, like to expand more on what you were saying, Brad that you were saying like sometimes you have to chase and sometimes you have to put in the effort. So for guys who are listening now, they're probably like, well, how do we walk that fine line so that I'm pursuing and chasing a woman, however you want to label it, and it's not becoming a turnoff. Like, So how do you actually start? I know this is a broad question, mm-hmm. but like, how do you start seducing? What are some tactics and tips to begin the game of seduction? Well, I guess I would start by saying that Kristen's situation is highly irregular. So I think in most cases, uh, (laughs) (laughs) in most cases, when situations are, are normal, in the beginning, you have to build attraction. You cannot do any seduction until you've built attraction. And I think we've covered that quite a bit. 
So let's say that a girl's attracted to you, you're on a date, it's time to figure out if you're going to be making a move on her that night or if you guys are going to do the deed that night. That's kind of where I see seduction starting. And it is very different than building attraction because when you're building attraction, you may play hard to get. You may send mixed signals. You may be careful of being needy and blah, blah, blah. But this is seduction. It's not like attraction. It's pretty different. When it comes to seduction, it's really important, number one, to take the lead. And that can start very early in the date, for example. If you're going on a date, you should be choosing locations. You should be choosing a number of locations. What I used to really like to do is choose three locations which get closer and closer to my apartment. And so then by the end of the date, it would be, oh, I just live uh, two blocks away. Let's stop by there and have one more drink and then uh, we'll send you home. Now, the reason I say send you home is because one of the most important things in seduction is to avoid a conversational scenario where you're trying to have the girl commit to making out or having sex or anything. Women don't want to commit to that. They don't want to plan it out. They prefer that it happens spontaneously. So even though in your head as a man, you're going to be planning all this out, the whole point of seduction is that it's not going to feel very planned out to the woman. It's going to feel more spontaneous, more exciting. And it's kind of an unknown, like, oh, well, fine. We'll just go to his house two blocks away. Nothing's going to happen. So that's part of my theory to come back in with my personal experience that's happening right now. My theory is he wants to be somewhat close to his place. So it's easy to go back and possibly hook up. If we're an hour and a half away from his place, not so easy. have to jump on a train. It's unlikely that this guy is that strategic. Like for guys like you know, who study this stuff, they would be thinking that. But let's remember that 98% of the male population does not study this stuff and does not listen to me or Marnie. So I doubt that that's what what it is, but I guess- he's still the dude who wants to get laid, I'm sure. And that's Yeah, dude who wants to get laid drives an hour. Yeah, that's true. If I was in this situation and a girl was three and a half hours away, I would drive to wherever she wants to meet and then I would- Try to have sex with her in her car, in my car, in a hotel, in a public park, anywhere yes. I could. There you and, go. Right. And that's one of the seduction mindsets that everybody listening should be wanting to adopt. Do whatever it takes. Be ready <laughs> to have some spontaneous, fun sex in whatever setting makes the most sense at the time. Yeah, if you can do it in your apartment, that's great. But sex in a car or sex on the beach or things like that, that stuff's really fun and that's got to be part of your seduction mindset. Yeah, well, outside is better now. Yeah, it is, right? No COVID. Surprised I haven't come upon anyone just having sex in public. I would think everybody would. (laughs) Yeah. I think it happens a lot. I don't know. I think people just do it when no one's watching. Yeah, exactly. I want you to continue about the seduction game. Yeah, back to the psychology. It's Seduction is all about making it a smooth, exciting experience for a woman where she doesn't feel like she's signing up in advance to have sex with anyone or make out with anyone. And then when you are in your apartment or a car or wherever you're going to actually escalate, that's kind of the end stage of seduction. There's the setup phase where you just want to make it fun for her and make it smooth like she's not volunteering her vagina just randomly. And then once you guys are starting to make moves, it's important that you stay persistent. This is actually one of the most important parts of seduction. It's very normal for a woman to stop you as you're escalating several times. It just is like 
kind of one of the things that women use to increase sexual tension. And I think men have a lot of mixed messages about this today because we're all worried about sexual assault, I guess, more than we were maybe 10 years ago. But you got to kind of get that out of your mind for a second. Because when you're in a comfortable situation with a woman, she's, that's the last thing on her mind is worrying about sexual assault. So I have a procedure that I would recommend you follow, and I call it rinse and repeat. Here's how rinse and repeat works. It works for men and it works for women. Everybody likes it. You're going to escalate, make out with a girl, try to take her clothes off, get as far as you can, and then she's going to say, stop, this is too much for the first date or the second date or too much, whatever excuse, and then you stop. You wait five minutes and then you try again. And you try again, you make out with her, you try to take her clothes off, you put her hand on your cock, whatever you're going to do. And at some point she's going to say, stop, that's fine. You stop, you wait five minutes, and then you try again. And you rinse and repeat over and over all night long until she either goes home or has sex with you. The reason we take a five-minute break in between is because this will give a woman a chance to take herself out of the situation if she is truly not interested in having sex in any way, shape, or form. If she's in the middle of her period or in the middle of a huge herpes outbreak, she's going to probably decide to go home, and that's her message to you. Women will not send a message using words. They use a message in action. So the action is you either go home, which means you don't want sex, or you stay, which means "Eh, might as well try again. So those are really the only two messages. And I think this is helpful for men because we have trouble deciphering female language and female message. And we say, what does she want? Does she want me to go further? Does she want me to stop? So that's why we always wait five minutes, try again. And it's very interesting because I've had really no bad reactions to this. Some girls have sort of made like a lot of excuses on the way to sex and I'm rinsing and repeating six, seven times. I mean, on the surface, that sounds a bit rapey, right? But (laughs) the next day, (laughs) girl will say it. She said no seven times, but I kept going. I stopped Uh, for five minutes. She had a chance to leave. I mean, she was chained to the floor, but she had a chance. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So the next day, these girls will say, wow, thank you for giving me an amazing experience because girls want to have sex and sometimes they will tend to sabotage themselves and if you overcome their obstacles, that is something they appreciate most of the time. Interesting. Well, what are you doing in this five minutes that you're waiting? Are you just sitting and staring at her? Yeah, you or kind you of can talk about time? other stuff because it takes the pressure off the situation. I think the hardest line to walk is you want to stay persistent, but you don't want to make her feel uncomfortable or pressured. So it's very dangerous to be under aggressive. And I think a lot of guys probably fall into that category. The reason it's dangerous to be under aggressive is because let's say you try and make out with a girl, she stops you, that's the end of it, she goes home, you go home. The girl will end up thinking that you don't like her that much or that you're not interested or that there's just no chemistry. And it is a disappointing experience for a woman to have a guy just give up very quickly. So that's the danger of being under aggressive. You're going to disappoint the woman and she's not going to get to have sex and she doesn't like that. Now, being over-aggressive obviously can be risky as well because that can make a girl uncomfortable. It's not the end of the world. I think most women have experienced over-aggressive guys and it's not something that they're going to like cry the rest of their life about. And we've all been there. But what they will do is they'll kind of, next time you text them, they're going to be like, ah, this is that guy who's a little too aggressive. I don't think I really want to hang out with him again. 
So that's the danger of being overaggressive. So we want to walk that line between being not aggressive enough, but also not being too aggressive. And the way you want to do that, I think, to get a little more technical is to use a nonlinear escalation to keep it a little less predictable. So let's say a linear escalation will be like this. You put your hand on a girl's knee, then you hold hands, then you guys kiss, then you're doing some like more deep tongue kissing, and then you're grabbing her boob, and then you're taking her clothes off, and then somebody's jerking somebody or you're fingering her. And then... <laughs> sounds like Thanksgiving at my house. I, <laughs> it sounds like a fun night. <laughs> yeah, so that's very linear. But if you mix that up and you're kissing and then you stop, and then you're holding her hand and then you may kiss her neck, but then you stop. And then you maybe go a little further, but you like back way off. Like you just make it more mixed up so she doesn't know what's coming next. I think it yeah. makes it more exciting for a woman. It also gives her more time to become aroused because female arousal tends to be a slower process than what men are used to. We got a boner in like under five minutes in most scenarios, but female physical arousal probably takes like more like at least 15, 20 minutes. Five minutes? I literally thought you were going to say five seconds. Right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes five it minutes. Five minutes. But seconds. it's true. Whoa, about Kristen, I want to hear what you have to say about everything that Brad just said. Is that how do you feel and think about what he just said? I mean, I've been in scenarios where the guy's been aggressive and I did exactly what Brad Peace just said, which was not want to go out with him again and kind of write him off because I didn't feel safe. But then I've also kind of been in scenarios where I've been more on board and the aggressiveness has turned out fun. And so I think it really depends on the person. I think if I lean toward liking the person, obviously a little bit more, not even in a dating sense, but more in a endearing sense. Like if I find someone to be somewhat endearing and they're kind of a little bit more pushy, I'm like, all right. But then if I find someone not endearing and then pushy, it's a total turnoff. Right. But you'll let that person know that that's where you're at pretty quickly, right? So if you're like not turned on by the aggression, well, what will that, you do? Like Brad said, I think women do communicate at that point in actions, not in words. Because I can't really recall back to any scenario where I spoke with words saying like, Stay down. Same yeah. with me. I've really It was just... always, oh, I have to go to the bathroom or, yes. oh, I have to go home now or, oh, I have my period or some yeah, sort of excuse. It's just too me. awkward, I think, yeah. for women to be like, I've decided to not have sex with you because I don't find you quite <laughs> yeah, endearing like enough. All, you're too... <laughs> all of a sudden, we're at a TED Talk. Like, it yeah, just gets yeah, too it's formal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no room for that. Okay, I love all this. Let's take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to actually talk about before you get to that point of the actual... I wouldn't even call that seduction. That's like being intimate with somebody. I want to hear about the part that comes before that. So we'll be back with Brad P. And we're going to be talking about the pre-seduction and escalating from there. I'm not even sure how to categorize it, but we'll be back in a second. If you listen to the Ask Women podcast, then you are already miles and miles and miles ahead of other men when it comes to attracting and getting the girls you want. But I must confess, there's one missing piece in the puzzle, and that's flirting or the ability to ignite sexual chemistry with any girl you meet in a matter of minutes. Most guys suck at flirting. They can't flirt their way out of a paper bag. But as your personal wing girl, I can't let you be one of those guys. That's why I want to show you the most effective step-by-step formulaic approach to flirting with any girl you like. This formulaic approach has been tested on thousands of girls and has been proven to work like magic. Yes, magic. You just apply the formula and see results instantly and it's that powerful. 
To find out everything about this flirting formula, all you have to do is go to winggirlmethod.com slash flirty. I've made a special video for you where I reveal what this formula is all about. Go to winggirlmethod slash flirty and you'll find out all about it. All right, we are back. <laughs> so Brad, so tell us about all the stuff that leads up to getting into that intimate place with a girl. So like you talked about, you want to establish attraction first and then go to seduction. So how do you make that leap? And like, how do you know that you've established attraction so that you can actually go to that next stage of seduction? How do you know if you've established attraction? It's a pretty hard thing to tell. And from a practical standpoint, usually I say, if the girl's been there 15 minutes, 30 minutes, just assume she's attracted. Because if at your home, you're saying go back at your place. Just in general, if she's still standing in front of me 30 minutes in, I'm going to assume she's attracted. What if it's like a a date? If you know she has no choice but to be there because she can't run away and she doesn't have an emergency phone call coming in. Yeah, she's halfway through wings and she. You you can't guess right 100 percent of the time in this game. So if I'm going to guess wrong, I'd rather just assume she's attracted because that's a less dangerous mistake. If I assume she's not attracted, what I'll tend to do or what guys tend to do is not push forward, not have fun, be starting to doubt themselves, lose all their their confidence. They get in their heads. Yeah. So it's better to just assume she's attracted. And if she's not, that's fine. Keep doing your thing. Assume she's attracted. Maybe she'll get attracted. That's kind of how I look at that part. You need to establish leadership and you need to establish dominance. And that's kind of the foundation of the seduction process. So when I say dominance, there's different kinds of dominance that you could try to establish that women find very attractive on a subconscious level. And this is not something she's not going to, she's not going to say this to you directly. Mental dominance, emotional dominance, even physical dominance. These are the kinds of things you want to establish. So mental dominance, I think you establish just by holding an intelligent conversation and being fairly quick and sometimes funny. I think when a woman finds you funny, it creates a situation where she doesn't know what's coming and then boom, the punchline hits and you were just a little bit of a step ahead of her and that's perceived as a form of mental dominance. Emotional dominance, I think, manifests by her kind of throwing tests at you to see if you're made of, to see if you're a real man and you're tough enough to handle some of the ribbing she might give you and and if you collapse and, and you wuss out on the whole thing, you're going to lose your emotional dominance. But if you can take that and pass her tests and hit back a little bit with some funny little jabs Mm -hmm. and have fun with it, that's going to establish that emotional dominance. Physical dominance, I think, is great to establish. And girls really get a rush from this kind of dominance. You can be walking down the street with a girl and just suddenly pick her up and give her a piggyback ride. That'll be dominance. You can meet her on the second date and instead of like shaking hands or hugging, you can just lift her up spin around two times. That kind of stuff makes a girl go, ooh, and they get a lot of endorphins from that. And that kind of makes a girl feel like she's with someone who's kind of like bigger and stronger than her. And I know it may sound cliche that girls want a big, strong guy, but when they feel like they're smaller and petite and they're getting thrown around a little bit, that is arousing for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing that can ever change that. There's no Twitter story. Well, except for COVID. But other than that, yeah. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) You know what COVID move I love is 
I've said this before, if you're walking on the side of the road where the cars are and the guy grabs you by the waist and slowly moves you to the other side so that he's next to the cars, that is the hottest move to me. It is. That is a gentlemanly move. He's like, I am so strong, I could get hit by a car and still survive. Yeah, and we can still make out afterwards. It'll be fine. Girls like it. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. So you show that you have those three levels of dominance and that is going to help with attraction. Yeah, because at that point, you're setting the stage for seduction because the woman can then sort of just check out and just follow your lead. And that's what women prefer. They don't like to be like, oh, where should we go next? What should we do? Should I keep talking to this guy? Should I go home? They they don't want to be questioning themselves. It leads a woman to become indecisive. And she will then question her decisions. And she will forecast a situation of guilt where she has made a decision that is wrong and people are blaming her for it. So women have like this future guilt fear that comes with decision-making and that's what makes them indecisive. So rather than having a girl get into all that and get into her head, we want to just say, okay, now we're going to the next spot. You sit here. We're going to order this. Now we're going here. We're going to the next place. Now we're going to my apartment. And you're just kind of setting a trend of leadership where you're just kind of telling her where we're going next. And of course, she can jump in anytime and say, I don't want to go there. And you'll come up with something else. We're not forcing her, but we are giving her the opportunity to follow the leader. And that's going to be more comfortable. And that's going to set her mind up for seduction more. Because then when it comes time to seduce, she feels that she's with a dominant man who has leadership qualities. And that's the kind of man that a woman wants to be seduced by. She does not want to be seduced by a guy who's indecisive or a guy who's submissive or a guy... Well, she won't be seduced by a man like that. No, she won't. And this is so funny because women, they say like, I want a 50-50 power share, but that may be in the workplace or it may be in like co-parenting, but it's not in seduction and it's not in dating. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to have most of the power and be comfortable with that. And that's your role as a man if you want to be good at this. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, fine. So then you've done all of these things. You've said, let's go back to my place, but then I'm kicking you out after 45 minutes. And then where does the seduction begin? Do you jump on her right away? Basically, you're saying it could happen at any stage. Anything could happen. Yeah, I mean, that's when you got to really just read the mood. And, And like Kristen said, it does depend on the person. Some girls do like it, fast and furious. But I, I think if it's a first time seduction, you don't know each other that well, I think slower is usually going to be better because women do get turned on slower. But you know... That's the point where you got to try to read her vibes and read her signals. So here's signal reading 101, crash course. Touch a woman and see if she touches you back. When you touch her, see if she moves forward or if she just stays there or if she moves backwards. If she moves backwards, she doesn't like the touch. So we need to do a less serious touch. If she likes it and she touches you back, that's a green light. So I look at reading a woman's physical signals in terms of Red light, yellow light, green light. So if you touch a woman on the hand and she grabs your hand, green light. If she takes her hand away, red light. So we got to build more traction and try again later, which is fine. You're going to see a lot of red lights in your life. Don't let it get discouraged. I think it's helpful to look at red lights as yellow lights sometimes. Well, that's the thing about yellow lights. To me, there kind of aren't any because... Let's say you touch a woman on the hand and she has no reaction at all. Green light. Right. <laughs> right. 
And this goes back to what I was saying about assume she's attracted. If we don't see any very obvious evidence that something's wrong or there's a red light, we want to keep going. We want to stay positive. We want to escalate. We want to take the lead. You don't want to get in your head and be like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Yellow light out. She doesn't like me. I'm I'm saying as a red light. Like if something feels like a red light to a guy normally, maybe shift your perspective and stop looking at it as a red light and look at it as a yellow light. I agree with that. Pause. Try again later. Yeah. Rinse and repeat. Yes. I love all the rinse and repeat. Red light, green light, rinse and repeat. These are fantastic ways that men can can really learn this stuff and can avoid getting charged with assault. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty unlikely with the clientele that me and you work with, Marnie. But True I, rapers I, I don't always, study this stuff. Cautious. Yeah, but I mean, cautious, everyone right? is out of their goddamn motherfucking minds right now. <laughs> yeah, if you winked True. at someone, they'd no be idea. like, you raped me. People are so triggered. See, here's one thing that I'm going to say that might be very controversial. I think the people that are very PC or triggered and blah, 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 I think they are a tiny fraction of the population and they're just very loud on the internet. And yeah. I can back this up I with science. With I hope so. They are. Okay, there is a study on this. It's called Hidden Tribes of America. Hidden Wackos of America. (laughs) (laughs) Hidden Tribes of America. You guys should all read this study. Basically, what they found is they interviewed thousands of people from all walks of life. And what they found is that like ultra-liberal PC people who are like trying to cancel every TV show, that is only 6% of the population. The other 94% of the population thinks that that is bullshit and it's really gone too far. So there's all these tribes and you can tell what percentage. And there's the white supremacist percentage, which is tiny, and there's the super Republican. But what they found in the study is there's still a lot of people, the vast majority... That are normal. That are normal. They are rational. Yeah, they are moderate, moderate, rational people. So Mm -hmm. I want to encourage the listeners to stay rational, stay moderate. Just because you see everybody freaking out on Twitter, there is a selection bias there. People who are rational and moderate don't have a Twitter account. And if they do, they're not yelling about politics. The only people that yell about politics are the 6% extremists. Right, are extremists. You're right. Yeah. So when you go on the internet, you may get this idea that the world is a very extreme place and women are against us. And I think a lot of guys, well, not that many, a small amount of guys have joined their own counter radical movements because they've overestimated. Right. How many women are, are radicalized? Are anti-men. So, yeah. So like you got these like super negative guys that are like red pill or they're like men go their own way. Those guys, they're overreacting to a small majority of people who are just very loud on the internet. And right. it's easy to do. So I don't blame them. I mean, you got to really study this stuff to understand the media. Because remember, the media and especially social media represses rational, moderate thought. And it emphasizes and promotes irrational extremism. Right. You get more likes on Facebook with extremism than you do with being rational and moderate. And so don't become tricked. Girls are still normal. They're not all going to accuse you of rape. You can still even date people in the workplace in some cases. I don't do it. I don't recommend it usually because guys who study with me, we're picking up girls in bars and on the internet. But there are still people who meet at work. No matter how much everyone wants that to go away, women... Well, 100%. Especially because so many people are in their offices for the majority of their lives. It would be silly to 
cut that space off for yourself. Yeah, well, actually, you bring up a good prefer point. It. Like, you just got to be a little more careful with it. That's all. Yeah, exactly. And just be more cautious and be able to handle it on the back end when it doesn't work out, if it doesn't work out. Right. We have about five minutes left and I do want to pick your brain a little bit about okay. today's climate because that's obviously the direction of where this conversation is going. But are there differences now because you said you had done a little bit of research now I mean, I'm assuming that's with online seduction or even in person. Are there, there are nuances to COVID seduction? Is it different? I think there's a few things that are different right now that are pretty interesting. The first thing I noticed with the COVID outbreak was that women are super horny because they're locked up and they're yeah. pent up and they're not allowed to date anyone. I was at the park one day and these girls were eyeballing me. I thought they were going to come and rip me apart. And that's not something I get all the time. You guys probably don't know what I look like, but I'm a little on the goofy side, like offbeat, good looking at best. I am not typically handsome traditionally or whatever. I don't get girls like in groups eyeballing me like they're about to jump on me. But since COVID started, I get a little more of that. Like girls are just horny and ravenous. It's like, oh my God, chill out. Um, So that's that's one (laughs) thing. That's why I I was willing to go down to New York. Exactly. I know. Kristen was going to go two and a half hours. She, you would have never done that before. For sure. Yeah, I rest my case. Yeah, (laughs) I'm the laziest person on earth. Yeah. So if I'm putting in the effort, that means we horny. Yeah, Yeah, that's number one. So (laughs) I lose my R's when I'm horny. Apparently, (laughs) we horny. Yeah, that's the first thing I've noticed. There is some like kind of uh, stuff that you wouldn't have seen before. Like me and my friends know this guy and he, I guess he was working at a bar for a while. So now he's not really working. He would talk to girls on his Facebook because everybody's home alone. And they would kind of make these little dates where they would like get on a web chat and like masturbate together. Oh my God. Yeah. And these would be people who haven't really been on a date. But since everybody's pretty hard up right now, they're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll, I'll come masturbate with you, you know? So what this guy's thinking is like... Again, that sounds like my Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> we love turkey. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. So what, what this guy's probably going to do is like, he'll have a couple of those sessions with them. And then he's probably going to meet up with one of them in person. In person and right. they can become... Now, this is the, the biggest thing I've heard of, quarantine, buddy. Yeah, quarantining. Quarantining, yeah. So Quarantubating. Quarantubating, <laughs> exactly. So I'm actually, I'm a big... I'm actually part of one of those groups. <laughs> I'm, say, I'm a big believer in COVID. I think it's super dangerous. I mean, I know yes. some people don't take it serious. I think it's real serious. I think this is not a good time to have a 10-girl rotation or to be on going on a lot of dates. This is a good time. I love how you're like not afraid of gonorrhea. You're like 10 girls is fine, but COVID, no way. Yeah, I can handle gonorrhea. <laughs> gonorrhea is wrong with one pill. I mean, who yeah. cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. That can be cleared up in, in like five days. That's totally yeah. fine. I do agree with you on that. And actually, I do want to give some hope to people because I have been hearing about a lot of people now who are getting into relationships with people they've met during quarantine. So my sister actually just told us the other day that she's been seeing somebody for about five weeks now that she met. She went back onto Bumble after she had a bad breakup recently and then went back onto Bumble, I think a month into quarantine. And then the first person that she started talking to on there, she really clicked with. And they took a lot of time getting to know each other, having phone calls. And they went on park dates where they would hang out with each other from a distance. 
And now they're like properly seeing each other and getting physical and hanging out on a regular basis. So they're, they're quarantining. But I agree with you with like not having, just from my yeah. own perspective of like- I think it's a good like time I to pick one. Do that, but I know that people are doing it. People are doing that. I wouldn't advise it just because I don't want everybody to die. It's a good time to, to be pick one jerk. for the next few months or till whenever this is yeah. over. Pick one, stick with one. An interesting phenomenon is the bar is a bit lower for boyfriend material than it used oh, to yeah. be. Because you can't go out and date tons and tons of people. If you find someone who makes you come and ain't that bad to talk to, boom, yeah. quarantine buddy. And it's then just like cuffing up. season. It's like once yeah. winter comes around, everybody's standards gets, gets a little bit lower. <laughs> Plus, if you don't have a job where you're like out and interacting with a lot of people, like you're already higher up on that list of attraction because you're like less exposed to COVID. So there's a lot of things that are working for people right now. I completely agree. Brad, you are fantastic as always. And I love that you bring like hardcore evidence. You're not just like spitting out information. You're bringing your own reach. And then like you've worked with thousands of people. So like, you know that all the things that you say work, like everything that you say is exactly true. It's like you're inside a woman's mind because everything that you were saying about how a woman feels, how she gets nervous about things, what she does when she gets nervous was from my point of view, 100% accurate. So thank thank you, Barney. Very nice of you to say. Yeah, thank you for being on. I know you don't do a lot of interviews much anymore. You're not really in this scene much anymore. I'm not in the scene much. wonderful knowledge to share. You know what I'm doing now? I have my one-page website and people can have all my products for like 20 bucks. That's all I do now. Yeah. Amazing. Well, tell people where to go to. Oh, it's bradp.com. Perfect. um, There's not much there though, but hey, you can get all my stuff, which is like 60 seminars and eBooks for like 20 bucks. So that's amazing. Okay. Go to bradp.com. You want to learn my method. Amazing. Thank you so much. And Kristen, thanks for showing up and thanks for showing positive. For showing out and tell and sharing your story about that dude. It is a weird scenario. That is like a very it's a very strange scenario. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't fucking win. I'm so over it. But I do win in the banter section. So go to kristenjill.com if you want to get some banter lessons with me. Do it ASAP before I start raising my prices. Yes. You will. You are gonna start raising your prices. I am. No, I am. In the next coming weeks, I'm making a big change to the way I do it. So get in before the getting's good. Yes. That banter stuff is valuable. Yes. And she spends so many hours on working on people's profiles and having them with their their banter. I've been telling her forever to raise your prices. So I'm glad that you are. So anybody who wants to get cheap Kristen, (laughs) get her as soon as possible. All right. New episodes of the Ask Men podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please don't go and download every single episode. Subscribe to our show so that you do not miss a single episode. And if you like this show or any of our other shows, please share them with other awesome guys just like you so they can also become more successful with women. We will see you guys next week. Bye.